0: Friends, Romans, countrymen, and happy innovators. Lend me your ears. Happy 2019, happy innovators. How you doing, happies? Did you have a good Christmas? Did you have a good New Year 2019? You know, I should take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for a great 2018 for the Singularity Podcast. And, okay, thank you for joining me for this first Singularity Podcast of the year 2019. Can you believe that? It's already 2019. We're just one year away from the year 2020. Make of that whatever you will. You know, a while back, I stumbled across this theme on YouTube, okay? I guess that's what you would call it like a theme. And what it was was these videos of people that go to like abandoned buildings or abandoned houses and they'll take a camera in and they just kind of explore, you know, these abandoned buildings, whether it's a house out in the country or a skyscraper in the city, they'll enter, usually illegally, and they'll roam around on this property and they'll kind of just check things out, you know, uh, urban exploration, you know, is what the term they used to describe it. But, you know, it was fascinating to watch, okay, because, at least for me, okay, because what i liked about it or i guess what i noticed about it what struck me um especially when these people were going into houses that had been abandoned um sometimes the houses were not how can i say the houses were not run down um you had a situation where you know the house was left Intact, Like, they they were eating dinner. They got up and left. And the plates are still on the table. You know, uh, the bed is set. You know, clothes are still in the dressers. You know, all this stuff, right? You know? Just like they just got up and walked away. Or they just vanished into thin air. You know? And, okay... You know, it captured my imagination a little bit, you know, I'll admit it. And it just kinda struck me, you know, my and my mind starts to go. I start to think about that. Well, like, why would there be a situation where or like what kind of situation could arise where a house would be abandoned like that? You know instantaneously they just for one reason or another The people that lived in this house just vanished, you know, books on the shelves, dishes in the dishwasher, uh, you know, soap and shampoo in the shower, you know, like they just left. And, you know, sometimes the houses are like really run down and all that kind of stuff, too. So you get a mixture, but it was those houses where it looked like somebody could still be living there. And they just disappeared. And, you know, like I said, it begs the question, like, what kind of situation can arise where something like that would happen? So, you know, you think about it. Maybe uh, they died. Okay, maybe the person lived there and they got in a car accident and they didn't have any family or relatives or friends. And their house was... Left the way it was the day they got in the car, drove away, and got in an accident and died. Okay, that could be one scenario. Or maybe they were on the run. Uh, they were outlaws or something, or they were fugitives and they had to leave town. Okay, or or you know any of the other millions of reasons that someone would have to leave town immediately or something. Uh, you know, maybe that's why. Okay, but it just is so it just this situation here, you know, with this with these houses being abandoned like that, it makes me think so many different things. And like for example, one of the things that I think about, okay, is how wasteful that is. You know, that there are people who are homeless. They live on the streets, they have nowhere to go, and yet there's these houses, these properties that are abandoned, and there's nobody living there. Perfectly good house, you know, a perfectly livable house, right? But it's sitting there, abandoned, okay? Um, Oh, so wasteful, you know, just, not just the house, but the stuff inside, You know, it's so wasteful for that stuff to be sitting there. And sometimes, okay, and this is another thing I think about, it kind of like, I don't know, it just makes me kind of wonder, like sometimes with these houses that have been abandoned, okay, when these urban explorers enter with the camera, like the house is like destroyed on the inside, okay, like papers everywhere, scattered everywhere, dishes, uh, you know, the house is just elephant-walked, you know, just the whole house is completely turned over, you know, and I wonder about that too, you know, like, I don't know, I mean, (laughs) if I let my imagination go, right, you know, I've talked to you before about that creature Dogman. you know, something like that, where, you know, these people are in their home. This creature enters, grabs them, you know, maybe that's how it goes. Nobody even knows they're gone. The front door is opened and they're gone. All their stuff is still in the house, but sometimes it's like just like turned over. You know, I don't know why. Maybe it's because, you know, kids broke in and they vandalized the house or something. Maybe. okay. but sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. You know, sometimes the houses, you know, have been vandalized and sometimes everything in the house is spilled, tipped over, flipped over, you know, can't quite figure out why that is the case. I have theories though, right? I have theories and, you know, I mentioned to you like before, you know, maybe it's spiritual activity, you know, maybe when these houses are abandoned, spirits enter the home and destroy it, you know, destroy it from the inside. You know, maybe it's some kind of manifestation of what was in the house while the family was there. The spirit of that home is still there after they're gone. And it, I I don't know, sounds a little kooky, but, you know, it just gets my imagination running. And it's fascinating to me at the same time, you know, what do you think that is all about like, what could that be all about? Like, yeah, sometimes the houses are run down and maybe, uh, you know, the family is forced to leave because this, the structure is not sound anymore. You know, uh, you know, they couldn't afford the mortgage payments, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, but you can watch hours and hours and hours, you know, of video, Um, it's almost like there's a whole culture around urban exploration. You know, all over the world. Not just in the States. You know, all over the the planet. You know? Um, It's fascinating. Fascinating. Castles that are abandoned with Rolls Royces still in the garage. You know, just... Outrageous, wasteful, wasteful things, but at the same time, kind of exciting, you know, that there's like these treasures in these houses that are abandoned. Oh, you know, just think about it. You know, if you're if there's a house where, you know, it's abandoned and it looks like people are still living there, you know, the stuff they find in these houses, you know? Um, and I don't think it's necessarily right to take those things, but it certainly is interesting to see it and to find it, you know? And one of the things I noticed, okay, is that depending on, you know, where the house or the structure is that we're, that's being, you know, explored. Okay. Um... Sometimes there's, like, graffiti and stuff inside these buildings. And, you know, I found this book a few years ago, okay? Uh, Bear with me here, okay? This book is called Unbroken Curses, okay? The Hidden Source of Trouble in the Christian's Life by Rebecca Brown, M.D., and Daniel Yoder, okay? Okay? And, uh, very interesting book, um, for a lot of reasons, but mostly it's because basically what they're talking about in this book, what they're breaking down, okay, are the symbols and things that you see in public spaces or in abandoned buildings, uh, the spray painted symbols that look like they're benign. They don't mean anything. But they actually do. They have a meaning. And um, this book explains this concept that, especially with like occult magic and things like that, um, certain symbols, uh, you know, when certain symbols are placed on a wall or in a space or in a building they actually have a spirit attached to them, okay? And these spirits are called Watchers, okay? And I guess the idea is that, like, for instance, let's say, uh, you have an enemy, you know, somebody that you... is somebody that is your adversary, okay? and you spray paint this symbol somewhere near their property and you assign a watcher to watch that property. Right? Sounds a little crazy, but bear with me. Um, I'm sure I don't need to explain (laughs) my position on these things. So I would imagine that if you're still listening to me. After all this time, then you probably don't totally disagree with me, okay? You can at least hear me out, right? Um, Anyway, so you have this watcher attached to this symbol, and I believe in that kind of stuff, you know? I believe in that kind of stuff. I believe that we have symbols and icons and statues and things like that that have some kind of spiritual something attached to them. I believe in that. Good and bad spirits. Not not always bad. You know, uh, there is power. And it's invisible, but it's there. With certain objects or certain symbols, right? So you watch these urban explorers going through some of these properties, especially the ones that are like in the inner city, you know, abandoned apartment buildings or abandoned hotels, you know, things like that where somebody's broken in and they've, you know, vandalized with spray paint on the walls, right? And some of the stuff they write is just outright creepy or, you know, really scary things that they, they're they writing on the wall. And, you know, some of these houses even have, like, blood on the walls and, you know, weird stuff, right? Like, something's going on there, like, when no one else is around. Like, something's happening in this spot. And more often than not, when you watch these shows, you'll see um, these symbols painted on the walls. Okay, now I got this book, like I said, Unbroken Curses. And, you know, I'm flipping through the book and they show some of the symbols that are used in ritual magic and the things that you see on walls that are spray painted in spots that seem arbitrary, you know, they don't mean anything, but perhaps they do. Okay. And maybe there's a spirit there attached to that symbol, you know, that's, mandated to stay there with wherever that symbol is put you know some malevolent spirit is there you don't see it you don't hear it well I guess maybe sometimes you do right maybe sometimes we would hear it or see it but you know I guess my point is is that when this camera's flying through some of these buildings and I see some of these symbols, I think to myself, these people probably have no idea what they're standing right next to. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time out like in the countryside with my cousins. I lived more like in the suburbs. They lived out in the sticks. Okay. And I spent Most of my summertime and, you know, free time in my childhood out there in the sticks with my cousins, okay? And we would go out into the woods and explore and all that kind of stuff and we found this abandoned like house out in the middle of these woods. Maybe it was more like a garage. That's what it kind of, in my memory anyway, that's kind of what it seemed like. Like, maybe it was a tool shed or something like that. But whenever we were there, okay, I always had a bad feeling, you know? And I couldn't really put my finger on it. I mean, I was just a young kid, but I couldn't really figure out what it was about this building that bothered me so much. But I didn't like being there. And... You know, maybe it was like the starkness of it or, you know, it was a creepy old building out in the woods, like, you know, maybe just that kind of thing. But when I look back on it, I kind of think there was something more, you know, there was something there and it made me feel uneasy and a little bit scared and uh, maybe glad to be leaving that area you know and I always remembered that and I kind of you know pull that into this whole thing too with this abandoned houses unbroken curses you know all that kind of stuff symbols that you know uh, have spirits attached to them or maybe you know what maybe maybe the buildings themselves do you know like uh, you know I believe in ghosts I believe that a structure can be haunted by spirits so you know I don't have to reach too far uh, to come to the conclusion that maybe you know sometimes with a particular building maybe a particular home you know maybe, maybe a family that lives in a home is so steeped in curses and you know up to their ears in malevolent spirits for whatever reason whether it's the music they listen to or, you know, the the things they're practicing in their home or their attitudes or just whatever they are willing to kind of like let into their home. Maybe at some point it reaches like the breaking point, you know, and the, you know, the family leaves or, you know, there's tragedy that strikes and, you know, this home is left abandoned and maybe these structures you know, are still inhabited by those spirits, you know? It sounds a little imajestic, I guess, but that's how I think sometimes, you know? Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you were in a place and you felt like you needed to leave, you know? Like something was telling you instinctively. You know, like the small little hairs on the back of your neck stick up. Something tells you to get out of there. You know? And there's there's nothing there that you can see. There's nothing that is making any noise or anything. You just get that sense in your gut that you need to leave. You know? Um. Do you know what I mean? I remember one time... I was dating this girl, and we went out to the shores of Lake Erie. Um, We were on the beach, and we were hanging out and just kind of talking. And we started to walk, and then, you know, maybe 15 minutes into this walk down the beach line of Lake Erie, we both just turned around and ran. Okay? We didn't say a word. It was just... The weirdest thing like we both just sensed that we needed to leave and get out of there and we got to our car right and we stopped and we're like what are we running from like what is this what what just happened you know I'll never forget it because it never happened before or since it was just that one time you know where we didn't even look at each other we just turned around and ran Like, there was something there that we didn't see, but it was there, and we sensed it, and we sensed that it was bad, and we needed to leave. Very weird, huh? True story. And like I said, I never forgot it. Um. You know, so... I don't know, maybe that's part of this whole, you know, interest in these abandoned houses, you know, these urban explorers. Like, maybe... You know, there's a part of me, I guess, that wants to believe that there is something possibly there. You know, there's a reason for these buildings to be abandoned the way they are. And, um, you know, sometimes the footage is really crazy. Like, they'll encounter, while they're in these houses, you know, they'll encounter spirits. You know, and they'll catch them on film. Like, it's, you know... Of course, anything like that can be faked, right? But, you know, sometimes when you watch footage of like what is claimed to be a spirit or a ghost or something, sometimes you really have to kind of wonder if you're really seeing something, you know, they really captured something on film. I believe it happens, you know, and, you know, believe it or not, this happens sometimes with these urban explorers when they're, you know, stomping through a house, they'll go up into the attic and there'll be somebody standing there and then they'll disappear or something like that. You know, crazy, like crazy, like, (laughs) I have the luxury of watching it on video. You know, these, (laughs) these poor bastards were (laughs) walking around in this house and encountering this stuff, right? Um, Anyway, so, you know, it's kind of weird. I I got this gift from a friend for Christmas, okay? And maybe that's why I'm bringing all this up for this Singularity podcast, okay? Um, I got this Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, like, statue <laughs> gift from a friend of mine, okay? Now, <laughs> part of me wondered, like, why in the hell would they ever give me this? Like, why would they ever think that this would be a gift that I would want? Okay. And like (laughs) another part of me had to kind of wonder, like, are they really my friend? Like, what are they handing me this for? You know? Um, but honestly and truly, okay. Uh, as soon as this thing was in our house, okay, both like my wife and myself, just kind of started to notice like subtle things, you know, like uh, our attitudes were bad, so you know, for no reason, you know, or we were not feeling good for no reason, or you know, uh, just. Odd things like that, you know, like our personalities normally are you know pretty chilled and you know pretty you know humorous and you know laughing and just taking care of business and stuff, you know, but for like a week or so after Christmas, it was just this dark cloud you know over our house, and you know we both kind of agreed like we gotta get this thing out of the house, you know. And, you know, according to my belief system, there is a proper way of, you know, disposing of those kinds of things, so, you know, we went about the process of doing that, you know, and sure enough, the mood in the house changed, everything's back to normal, you know, but it did get me to thinking, you know, about all the stuff that we're talking about today, you know, wow. What a strange, strange thing. You know, curses, things attached to inanimate objects, right? It's fascinating. And, you know, I would imagine that probably, you know, a good 75% of my audience listening to this podcast right now don't believe in any of that stuff, right? But I do. I do. I'm in that 25% that believe, you know, wholeheartedly without reservation that, you know, ghosts exist, spirits exist. There is such a thing as good and evil. And, uh, you know, there's an invisible realm around us all the time, you know, that we are unaware of, but it's there. Um, can't quite explain all of it all the time. And maybe no one ever will be able to, but, Uh, Maybe we find out after we die, you know, how all that stuff works. But I'm one of those folks that just has no problem believing any of that stuff. You know, I mean, really, I don't think I would want to live in a world where there was nothing else other than the material existence. There, There has to be more. Right. So I don't know. I guess just it's just food for thought. It's just food for thought. Um, so, anyway, back to this book, Unbroken Curses. You know, this woman, Rebecca Brown, who wrote this book, you know, lays out a few examples of, uh, you know, different symbols that are used, different experiences she had, you know, with these symbols and how they got rid of them and, you know, the antidote to this problem. And, Uh, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) not all of the book is great, okay? So, you know, just like any other text that you find and read, you know, it's not all to be believed as gospel, you know? But, uh, she does have a few illustrations in this book, um, different things, and, uh, you know, I would swear that I've seen these symbols around. I had no idea what they were or what it meant. like you know you're walking through a an alleyway or under a bridge somewhere or something like that, and you see a symbol spray painted there like a a skull or a anarchy symbol or you know. I don't know, all that stuff you you see, and sometimes you see these symbols, and you're like, what is that? You know, like, what is it supposed to be? But I don't wonder anymore. <laughs> After seeing this book, I mean, I can... I wish you could see the book that I'm looking at right now. Because some of this imagery... Yeah, I think I've seen it before, you know? I think I've seen it around, but it surprised me. If there's some kind of, I don't know, spirit attached to it, hell no. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever, you know. And, you know, it's a little disturbing to think about. Isn't it? Like, how many times have I walked through a cloud of spirits, you know? I didn't even know it, you know? Maybe it's happened and, you know for one reason or another later on that day or maybe immediately after walking through that cloud you know i didn't feel so good you know and i couldn't figure out why did you ever have a day like that where you're like man i just don't feel good and i don't know why there's no reason and i'm not sick you know i haven't been a good day but for some reason my mood is bad you know i don't know I like thinking about this stuff, though. I really do. You know what? I love this kind of stuff. I don't just like thinking about it. I love it. It's fun, man. Totally fun. Okay, so... While we're on this subject of, you know, curses, unbroken curses, and symbols, and spirits, and abandoned houses, and all that kind of stuff, all right? I'm going to share with you something that truthfully, I'm a little reluctant to talk about, okay? And I'll explain why in a little bit, okay? But a while ago, I learned this prayer, okay, from someone, and it's a special prayer, okay? And I'm not sure I should share it with you on this podcast, okay? Because it could get you into trouble okay to put it bluntly because it got me into trouble a little bit okay now it's a binding prayer that's what it's called it's a binding prayer it's a prayer to to remove spirits from your person okay or from your existence okay now bear with me okay Um, I guess you can tune out if you don't want to believe or hear any of this stuff or whatever. I promise you, I'm not going to preach to you today, okay? I'm just going to explain to you the situation that happened to me, okay, with this prayer. Now, I noticed that when I started to use this prayer, it worked, okay? I mean, it really worked, okay? Okay? And what was interesting about this prayer, okay, was that it was an authority-based prayer. Like, you know, I couldn't use it on someone else that I didn't have any authority over. Do you follow me? Like, for instance, I have authority over myself, okay? And, you know, according to the Bible and the teachings of Christianity, you know, I have some authority over my wife. I have authority over whatever children I may have. Um, In some situations, I might have authority over my parents, but I don't have any authority over my neighbor. I don't have any authority over you, okay? You are autonomous. You are your own spiritual whatever, okay? Now, like I said, I started to use this prayer in my life. I started to use it like uh, praying things off of my wife, praying things off of myself, praying things off of my parents, like remotely, you know, because, you know, you can do things like that. It works that way. And it really worked, okay? And now here's where the problem arose for me, okay. Because this prayer worked so well, like in real time, okay. Um you don't have to believe me, okay? But it worked in real time. I started to kind of like test it. And I started to kind of abuse it. But it was before I understood this idea of authority. Okay. Like the person who had related this prayer to me The special prayer to say um, didn't impart the idea that, you know, I can't just go around praying things off of people. You know, I can't do that. I don't have the authority to do that. But I started to do that. Like, I'll give you an example. I'd be in the grocery store, okay, going through the line, paying for my food, and a few lanes over, there would be like, a little baby and it would be crying like really loud and, and really you know pitching a fit so silently to myself I would start to say this prayer and sure enough as soon as I started to pray it maybe I had to pray it like three times or four times the baby would calm down I mean you know 40 feet away from me uh, a kid I'll never see again or i had never seen before. I would say this prayer to myself silently in my mind and this baby would stop crying. Or, you know, uh, I would see somebody, you know, that's angry and flipping out. Maybe two guys are getting ready to get into a fight. You know, they're going to scrap. And I just, to myself, would silently say, This prayer, and sure enough, like almost like as soon as I finished saying it, the situation would diffuse, everybody would calm down and go their separate ways. I kid you not, okay? The absolute truth, okay? Now, here is where the problem came in. Whenever I did that, whenever I said that prayer, For someone I did not have any authority over, okay, that night when I went to sleep, I would have the craziest dreams, okay? Now, this went on for quite some time because I didn't really understand, you know, the nature of what I was doing, okay? I was kind of like reckless with it and I didn't realize I was being reckless, Okay, so I wasn't irresponsible or anything. I was just unaware, okay? But, wow, the dreams I had. Oh, my gosh. Now, I came in contact with the person who had related the prayer to me in the first place, and then they told me the other half, you know? Like, you can't just do that. You need to have authority over whoever you're praying over, you know? Spiritual authority. Right. Oh, gee, thanks. You know, thanks for the warning. You probably should have told me that first before you related this prayer to me. But the point I'm getting at is that the dreams I had, it was like retaliation. Like when I would pray this prayer over someone I had no authority over, the spirits that I was praying off of that person, okay, were forced to leave, okay, But they knew I did not have the authority to be doing that. Now, you know, uh, according to my source, okay, uh, the spirits are like lawyers. I mean, they understand their rights and they understand what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not. And when you cross that line, they have the right to retaliate. And let me tell you, well, you don't have to believe me, but I swear to you, I swear to you, the dreams that I had were so outrageous and so crazy. They were almost like they were really happening. They weren't, um, they weren't necessarily completely in the dream state sometimes. Like they would bleed over into reality just briefly, but it was like, you know, the sensations and the fears and the, you know, the experience in these dreams was so palpable and so real and so like creepy, just outrageous stuff. Um, wow. I mean, I, you know, there were a few times where I'm not entirely sure That I had not visited, you know, another realm like hell or something. I mean, I was like, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I don't know. I had maybe like 15 or 20 of these experiences and it got to the point where I was almost afraid to go to sleep because some of it was just so scary and so real, you know, until, you know, I stopped, you know, randomly praying spirits off of people, you know, to test this prayer. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. But it's a mistake I won't make again. It's also the reason why I won't share that prayer with you on this podcast. Now, I might change my mind in the future, but at least for today, I'm going to leave it right there. Okay. But let, let that kind of soak into your synapse a little bit and, uh, I'll look for the feedback, you know, in the comment section. Maybe you've had an experience like this yourself, you know, I don't know, but I know what I experienced. You can call me crazy because I don't care. All right. I know what I experienced. and. Whether it was a figment of my imagination, I don't know. Okay? Was it a dream? Just a dream? I don't know. But if you ask me, I don't think so. Uh, It was enough for me to stop doing that. And as soon as I stopped doing it, sure enough, those crazy dreams, those crazy sleep experiences stopped. Crazy stuff, isn't it? It's creepy, really creepy kind of stuff. Um, A hard lesson learned. I promise you that my story is true. Okay, it was a real thing, and it's been a while since I've had one of those crazy dreams, but man, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Lasted for about like six months or a year, and it was just crazy. Crazy. Anyway, so let's see. What else can I talk about today? We'll change the subject. We'll go on to something a little more positive. Um, I guess I can tell you that, you know, if you're a fan of my music at all, if you listen to Pipe Choir PC3 or PC1 or the Marion Circle Drum Brigade, any of the stuff that I've done, uh, the good news is is that I have just maybe over the past month or so began the process of beginning to, you like that? (laughs) I began the process of beginning to write a new Pipe Choir album. And, and in the spirit of the Pipe Choir Escons project, I am seriously considering, you know, when I write a Pipe Choir song, you know, reinterpreting it as also a PC3 song and a PC1 song, like I did a year ago with the Pipewire Escons project. The only difference is I won't do it on a timeline like I did for the year of 2017. I mean, it just wiped me out. But um, the process has begun, and uh, I can tell you that what I've got so far is pretty encouraging. I'm looking forward to it, actually, you know, enjoying the writing process. Um, you know, I guess I could, you know, I wanted to share that with you. If you're, if you listen to my music, a little bit of information. Um, always working on some new videos. Um, got one coming out real soon. Hopefully uh, in the next week or so, maybe shorter than that, maybe a little bit longer, you know, give or take a few days or something, but... Um, it's coming along pretty good. The next, uh, pipe choir featuring the band of bots video, um, it's coming out. Um, uh, I can't think of anything else I really want to share right now or talk about. So I'll leave it right there. You know, happy 2019, everybody. Uh, thanks for sticking with me. And, uh, I hope that you're having a great new year. I hope that you're keeping your New Year's resolutions. Um, And if not, that's okay too. You know, we're all doing the best we can. Anyway, with that, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy.